Hello, hello. Coach Kristen here today with Coach Fairlane and Coach Stephanie. And today we are talking about how to get fit and be fit while working a desk job. Um, So before we get into that, in case you're new to us, we are The Habit Team. The Habit is a nutrition coaching company made for women by women. Our program is built for you with coaches who put your goals, lifestyle, and personality first. If you want to learn more about us, head to the episode notes or go to thehabit.com. That is Habit with a Y to request more information. So today we are speaking to our desk job girlies and guys. Um, One thing we pride ourselves on here at The Habit is that, you know, our work lives also look a decent amount like our client lives. So we can really relate to the struggles of people's day to day and what that looks like. Um, So to kind of show that we all here have um, second jobs. So I kind of want to let you in on a little bit of our life outside of the habit um, and how we also deal with this struggle. Um, Fairlane, do you want to go first? Yeah, so um, most of you guys already know I own a CrossFit gym in Philadelphia, which I manage remotely, which means um, all the stuff that I'm doing for the gym is all just on the computer, which means I'm also sitting down doing this for the most part. But before I actually got into um, fitness full time and just in the wellness space, I actually worked for a slot machine company for 12 years as an art manager and a graphic designer. So I am very familiar with um, living the desk the desk life. Uh, I actually ended up towards the very end of my career, ended up getting a stand up desk. And that to me was like my like it was a game changer. And I would highly recommend it, especially if you're someone that does or you know sit in a desk job for eight hours maybe longer which we can all obviously this is what we're talking about today but yeah Steph how about you um okay so I work for NYU um it's a hospital here in New York I work for their radiology department I basically do like reception checking in patients doing insurance scheduling appointments things like that workflow of the office um, but I am mostly sitting like all day. So besides like being sedentary, like I find like my back hurts a lot sometimes. So like I was like, can I bring like, a, um, you know, like one of those big exercise balls? I was like, can I like sit on that at the desk? And, like, <laughs> it's hard because like it's not like I'm in an office where like nobody sees me like I'm face to face with patients. So obviously I probably cannot sit on you know, an exercise ball or something like that. But like I, I had had them like have things for my chair and stuff because it gets like very, like I am not meant, honestly, I am not meant to sit at a desk. It, it's very frustrating to me sometimes, but um, yeah, that's, that's uh, what I do. Putting my uh, master's degree to great use. Not. (laughs) (laughs) What did you get your master's in? Exercise physiology. (laughs) Okay. I love that. Yeah. Hey, you kind of yeah. are. I think it would make the <clears throat> the hospital a little less intimidating to walk in and the receptionist be on an exercise <laughs> ball. I think I'm all for it. True. I think I would I feel so way too. more comfortable. I'm going to bring it up again. <laughs> you should. I think that's a good idea. Also, Caroline, can we go back to your working for a slot machine company? Yeah. That is Yeah, so I didn't cool. know that. Yeah. Yeah. So if like, it's funny if I, if you go to like, and you know, a casino or whatever, like I 
obviously for a, this certain company that I worked for, I probably touch like most of the graphics that's around. And every time I see it, I was like, oh yeah, I worked on that. Oh yeah, I worked on that. It's it's actually really cool to see. Uh, I I miss it from time to time just because I, I, was, I was there for 12 years. I was really good at my job and I I enjoyed it, yeah. but it was yeah. the when basically what happened is my husband's like, hey, you don't have to work anymore after we got married <laughs> with him being in the military. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to quit my job <laughs> and do fitness full time. Um, if, no. if he hadn't had said that, I would probably still be there, honestly. Yeah. I'm going to Vegas in two months. So I'm just going to yeah. FaceTime you and be like, did yes. you work on this one? What about this one? This one? <laughs> Ask me all the things. and. <laughs> I want to see. Yeah. That's so cool. What do you do? Um, well, I, so I am in health and benefits consulting. So basically, you know, think of your company's health benefits that you get. Um, we are hired on as consultants to put together those benefits and offer all those different things for major corporations. Um, so it's super interesting dealing with insurance and healthcare at the same time. Um, so I sit at a desk eight hours a day. Um, and I, I'm it's new to me because prior to this, I was a teacher. So I was always standing up all the time. Um, and that brings different back problems. <laughs> Standing up on concrete or tile for eight hours also does a number on your back. But um, so we all understand what it's like to sit at a computer. And then we also, whenever we're doing check-ins, we're mm -hmm. also sitting at our computer looking at spreadsheets. So it's funny that like health and nutrition coaches, it's like, yeah, we're uh, very sedentary when we work. It's funny because like when we when we moved to the new house, I was like, I want to stand a stand up desk because that's what I was so used to, you know, working at the, at the office. But then like I don't sit enough throughout the day to be able to have a stand up desk. I don't know if that makes sense. Like before it was like I was like eight hours. I'm standing up the whole entire time and I, I want to. But now it's like I just sit for like two hours and then I'm good because I'm doing other things so and so I ended up getting not getting a stand-up desk and I think I'm pretty happy with that decision which is kind of weird <laughs> nice and for those of y'all who don't know Fairlane is now a Texan and oh yes she is she <laughs> is here with us in Texas um welcome thank We're happy you. to have you here <laughs> the habit's it's only been two months I just moved Right. Stephanie, yes. come on. <laughs> down. The South is calling Am you. I next? Is this what the habit is doing to people? <laughs> We're slowly all becoming Texans. I love it. Um, right. Okay. So straight up, point blank, can people hit their goals while working a desk job? Steph, what do you think? I will say yes, you absolutely can, um, but it does take a lot of intention. It takes planning out of your day. Um, if you know that you are sitting for eight hours a day or a huge block of time out of your day, um, it, it has there has to be some sort of plan for you to get up and get moving, whether that is getting up earlier and doing movement before you go, taking short breaks in between, you know, your work, your lunch, whatever it is, or getting time in the afternoon to get your movement in 
Um, so it does take some sort of intention, but it's absolutely possible for for any for anybody. It really is. Would you agree? Totally. And I I agree. Yeah, I think that it's intimidating, and a lot of people think, "Oh, I have a sedentary lifestyle. There's no way I can hit it." But you know, if you want to see change, you got to make change, mm-hmm. and there's there's plenty of time to get up and get moving. I agree. Caroline, what about you? Absolutely. Uh, I think that was probably one of the things that was, um, I wouldn't say it was harder to like explain to other people, like other coworkers, uh, because they're so it's like, okay, I'm I'm at work. The only thing I'm doing is work. Not necessarily. You still have, you know, you're, you're allowed to have breaks <laughs> in a work environment. You're supposed to take breaks in a work environment. So take those as much as you can. And like what Steph said, you know, it, there's a lot of intention and planning behind it. And that you just want to make sure that you are still prioritizing your mental health in, in that sense of even though you're in a work environment, because for you to be able to be a better worker, you have to have a better mental health anyways. And I think like a lot of people say they don't have enough time and in their head, I think I think they're putting it in their head that they have to have like an hour block of time to do a workout. So that can be a stretch for some people. I mean, if you have kids and new mom, like whatever the situation is, you might not have a full hour block of time, but you definitely have 20, 20 minutes of your of your day. Um, think about how many times we're all sitting on the couch, like scrolling Instagram or watching TV, like doing a Netflix, you know, like doing nothing like you, you, you have 20 minute block out of your day somewhere to fit it in. It's about choosing mm-hmm. what you want to do with it. Right. Yeah. And sometimes exactly, I, yeah. I definitely want to choose the, the Netflix, <laughs> but you have to Same. step up and <laughs> prioritize what's important to you. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. And, you know, the beauty of working remote is like more than likely one of your calls doesn't have to be in front of your computer. You can put your headphones in, you can go walk, like whether it's your company's national call or it's just a call you have to talk on, but you don't have to look at anything. Like go outside and take a meeting as a walk. I remember when I started this new job, you know, whenever you start a new job, you're super straight laced. You're trying to follow all the rules. You're not trying to do anything different. And I remember one of the senior people were like, I was just so flustered with being at my desk. I just got up and took like two calls in a row on a walk. And he just said it so easily. And I remember being like, I can do that. <laughs> okay. So, you know, no one's going to know if you're on a walk and you're talking. And if they are and you're still contributing to the call, then like you're still being productive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You're still working. Mm -hmm. So, you know, figure out that time and go get up and walk around. Even if it's for five minutes between calls, it's it adds up. I mean, you have you know? to go to a potty break. So if you do a potty break, go around the cubicle for a few more times before going back to your desk. Like something like that can already add up yeah. so much. I've done that before. I actually walked outside around the building and back. <laughs> and <said, "I'm> back. <laughs> I had to get some vitamin D in there. Exactly. As well. I respect it. <laughs> I started my um Whenever I meet with my manager, I, instead of sitting down in an office, I'm like, can we just go for a walk? That's awesome. And he's like, yeah. (laughs) And so that's what we do now. And even if we don't have anything to talk about work-wise, I'm like, can we still go for that walk? (laughs) 
Um, so, you know, there's different things. Don't feel like you're bound to a chair. Yes. You, you can get up. You just might have to get a little creative. <laughs> um, and then what would you say is the hardest thing about, you know, a desk job in, in terms of hitting your goals and your health? We said that obviously finding time to get up and move, but what else do you think is kind of the hardest part? I would say it, it's like, you know, like what we said earlier is just time management too. Cause like, you know, you're not, you're not in full control of your time. So you have to be a little bit smarter about how to spend the time that you do have uh, when you are, uh, you know, have a free time, 10 minutes to 30 minutes and what you want to do with that and making sure that it's, it, it, it aligns with what your goals are. Um, being at a desk and being at you know at a work environment again, like you're you're not you're not the person that is going to be in charge of what you can can do for the majority of the day. So on the, on the times that you do have that leeway, I take it and and uh, you know do what you want to do for yourself. Yeah, I think like as soon as you said like what's the hardest part I was in my head it went to the hardest part for me is is actually mental because I know that sitting there like I know I have to sit there for a certain amount of time and I know that it's not really benefiting me and my health and like you can get frustrated like oh I could be doing this I could be moving my body I could be you know spending time differently but I think if you take those breaks, it kind of alleviates that and be like, okay, like I'm still getting movement in. And and also I wanted to just say quickly, because we talked a lot about like getting up and walking, like as far as steps, but movement is is movement. So if you can, you don't necessarily have to go like for a walk or whatever. It, it everything everybody gets caught up on like the step count. Like if you want to go for a bike ride, like that still counts. Like any type of movement of moving your body counts like don't get so hung up on this the step count every single day it's just moving in general yeah intentional movement throughout the day yeah i agree i even tell my clients like for example it's 110 oh degrees here in texas yes. i'm not getting outside and walking right um it is brutal but i tell them i'm like go put away your laundry go put away the dishes go you know, tidy up around the kitchen. Your neat is super important. And like, even those little things, they feel super mundane to you, but you're, you're burning moving your body. calories while you're mm-hmm. doing that rather than just sitting on the couch. So, you know, it doesn't have to be exercise per chance. It could be just like doing chores around the place or getting up and putting away your coffee mug that sat there since 8 a.m. and it's now 2 p.m. Like go put it away, go rinse it. Um, And that not only gets you up and moving, but it also gives you a little bit of dopamine from productivity. Like you're feeling productive, you're feeling um, on top of things. And, you know, that is helpful for you because I don't know about y'all but the more I sit and the more quote-unquote lazy I am the harder it is for me to get up and do a workout like yeah. mm-hmm. if yeah. I'm the type of person if I don't work out in the morning more than likely I'm not doing it at <laughs> night because I've sat for eight to eight hours and I'm like I'm tired <laughs> even though I didn't do anything <laughs> yeah and so the hardest part for me is when I feel like I haven't moved 
I just get really tired and lethargic yeah. and it's hard for me to move. Yeah, isn't that so, funny yeah, how it just figuring like follows out myself that. and my schedule. <laughs> So yeah move your body first it's yeah yeah I, I think that it's I hard. think that motivates me knowing that I'm gonna be sitting for most of the day it mm. motivates me I'm an early riser yeah. I get up you know 445 I'm in my routine but that when that alarm goes off and like <clears> okay I know I'm gonna be sitting most of the day I have to get this in now yeah and it makes you feel true. so yeah. much better and not to say that you have to do it in the morning mm-hmm. But I'm just saying that works for me. I used to do it at night after work. I used to drive. I used to bring my gym clothes to to my job, change at my job, not and at the gym. the gym. I used to change at my job so that I didn't have t- I didn't have the option of changing my mind on the way there. <laughs> so I was already in my gym yeah. clothes um, and do it at night. And looking back, I'm like, oh, my God, how did I do that? Like, <laughs> I, I don't think I could do that now. But the reality is you can you make it work for whatever stage of life that you're yes. in. And if I had to do it at night, it would maybe suck for the first week or two, but you get into the routine mm-hmm. and, and it starts flowing easily. It's just you have to start mm-hmm. to get into that routine. That's that's the hardest part. Yeah, I became a morning sure. person living in Texas because like champagne said the heat here is unreal <laughs> oh my god i can't even imagine you can't do it's anything hot here, so i can't even imagine yeah like working out at like seven in the morning and it's already 80 90 degrees it's like it, that's still already hard but yeah you gotta get it in somehow although i did find a ymca and i've been going there the past two weeks <laughs> so wow. that's been really nice with ac <laughs> Nice. I grew up on a YMCA. I love a good old YMCA. I've never gone one until here, and it's actually really nice. We have good ones. Yeah, I was really impressed. I was like, "How?" I've never been in one. I know. Yes, you see, until here. Yeah, yeah. I'm a. I was an LA fitness girl. Do you guys have? Mm. There's LA fitnesses all over, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's one near me, and it is ratchet and really all the time. Oh. See, yeah. it wasn't. It, I, <laughs> it was crowded when I used to go after work, but when I used to go, I work out at home now, which is another podcast. But <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but when I used to go to the gym before COVID in the morning, it was so great because like nobody was there. Mm. At, 5 30 and you see the same people every like all the time so you kind of like grow a little family like i kind (laughs) of miss that i miss it a little bit i'm not gonna lie Mm -hmm. i the one time i went it was like the ever machine was taken and i i even went in the morning too and i just said this just simply not worth it so i went to 24 hour fitness and drove 20 minutes at like 4 40 in the morning but Oh, well, it was worth it. You got to do what you got. Exactly. You got to mm-hmm. do what you got to do, people. Um, right. Exactly. Make it happen. Exactly. Even though your your sheets are nice and warm, your bed yeah. is cozy. Yep. Just go. The sense of accomplishment. Oh, the winter. Yeah. The yeah. winter especially. Oh. It's, mm-hmm. it's a toughie. It's I'm a looking toughie, forward to the winter you, already. You push through it and you never <laughs> regret it. Here, at least. I don't know even know what that is. Our winter is not very fun here because it's just humid. Oh, really? And it just, it's like bone chilling because it's just oh, wet, yeah, yeah, cold, yeah. even though it's not that cold. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting. Not as bad as your winter, Stephanie, but 
We'll talk. We'll talk in a few months. I, I love my winter. Yeah. I love my winter. Yeah. Right. I say that now. Yeah. I like the first day of like the snowfall yes. and then it turns to like gross, Glitter. and mm-hmm. muddy, <laughs> yucky snow and then I don't like it. And then we're over it. Um, yeah. Well, so also in an office setting, you know, I know a lot of people aren't in an office, but you can kind of say the same about your own pantry. You know, there's always snacks, sweets sodas if you have you know lunch and learns sometimes it's not the healthiest option um and then again like i said your pantry can kind of be treated the same way because if you're working from home you're always a few steps away from your pantry so how would you steer your clients kind of away from that mindless snacking or you know grabbing the sweets just because it's there Mm. yeah we had a snack well, we used to have a snack drawer and it was constant. Always, oh, it was right next to me and it was filled with like candy and chips and everything like that. Um, the number one thing I think that helped me with this was obviously preparing my own food and bringing it. Not only that, though, if you know that there's a lot of snacks going on or there's a party, you need to prepare and bring your own food that you're excited about. Like, so bring like a an extra, like um, a more macro-friendly snack that like you actually like or like you actually enjoy or bring something that's maybe a little bit more indulgent, but you know you're going to fit it in because you've already logged it or um, if you are tracking, that is. But um, something that you can look forward to that you know is not going to be just, 48 grams of sugar in three bites of something. So you you need to prepare for those things. And I always have something in my bag like that I can just take out and have that I know that I enjoy, but is a little bit more snacky just, just to have. Um, but yeah, you have to go into it being prepared. I'm, and I would just be on that same belt, you know, bring your own food that aligns your to your current phase and the goals that you have and like what the thing that I've kind of known about myself is that you know once you start really choosing the quality of your foods and start prioritizing the quality of your food your body will naturally not crave those sweets and snacks and you would just you you would probably see that you know treat box or table and be like oh yeah nothing nothing over there sounds good because you because you're you've been given your body different healthier options where then your body just naturally doesn't want that kind of stuff anymore so um that i think that's kind of a like a nice non-scale victory once you you know start really prioritizing your nutrition yeah I that agree. takes time to get to that mm-hmm. point and you know but you do get to that point for sure somebody yeah. I forget what podcast I was listening to. I was listening to a podcast and somebody had asked the question to them, would you, what would you rather for forever? Like cookies or donuts? I've I've heard those And I was just like, oh, like neither. Like (laughs) to think about eating that every single day, like just makes me not feel good just thinking about it. Not to say that I don't Mm -hmm. like a cookie or a donut, but like for the rest of my life, like I don't, I don't know. I was just turned off by it. And in my head, I was like, yeah, in my head, I was like, well, I really, like, don't really like those things that much anymore <laughs> as much as I used exactly. to. Yeah. One thing that I work on with my clients, 
and honestly, it's because it worked so well for me personally, is um, really like stopping and engaging your thoughts in your brain when you're looking at all the food of truly stopping and asking yourself, taking five seconds and being like, okay, do I really want it because it sounds good or do I want it because it's just in front of me? And when I started doing that, a lot of the time, I just wanted something because it was in front of me. And, you know, obviously there's occasions where I'm like, "Mm, I don't know, that brownie looks pretty good and sounds good. And in that case, I ate it because it sounds good. I'm not going to not eat it because then that's going to send me into a restriction and binge situation. So if I genuinely wanted it, I would eat it. If I found that it was just in front of me, then I would just move on. And I think becoming super mindful about those decisions really helped me become aware, like Fairlane said, of like, I don't even really want that. And the more you do that, the more you stop and take the time to do that, the more you'll realize that, oh, okay, I'm not even going to think twice about that because I don't even like that food. Like donuts, I love a good donut. Donuts hurt my stomach so badly. And of course, there was years where I was just going to eat them. When I, Oh my gosh, donuts showed up at our school all the time when I was a teacher and I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when I finally was like, I feel awful when I ate the like when I eat these I just didn't even think twice when they showed up I would look at them and I'd be like oh okay move on yeah I think that's another thing too with like with you know mindful eating is that you then learn more about what your body thrives in and what your body does not like and when that experience happens you remember and you're like you know like what you said champagne like that donut did not sit well with you. And now your body and your brain remembers that. And instead of, you know, indulging in that, that moment, you're going to stop and be like, okay, last time I had this, I did not feel so good. What does that tell me? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. I also always tend to pick, like when you pick and, like you said, you pick and choose what's worth it to you, what's not worth it to you. Like, do you really want it? Do you not really want it? If it's something that's there that, I can't normally have like any other mm-hmm. time or like I can't get any, any other time. Like if it's a donut, I can go to, you know, Dunkin' Donuts any day and get a donut. But if it's something that like I don't, I'm not exposed to that often or like a special occasion or like, you, you know, your grandma made a special dessert and then she only makes it a few times a year. Like obviously like you're going to indulge in those things. Like Maybe somebody at work made something that you want to try that you never have tried before. Like, great, have a piece and move on. You know, you don't have to indulge in every single snack that everybody brings in. Pick and choose what's important to you, what's worth it to you and what's not. And typically that's going to come with, you know, learning that is going to come with binging a little bit. Exactly. Eating that like, oh, I thought experience sounded good to me, but it doesn't. Yeah. And I think that that is so scary for clients to even try to dip their toes Mm -hmm. into mindlessly figuring out what indulgent things sound good to them and you just have to remind yourself of like okay I might overeat in this but I'm going to learn in that moment that like okay I don't need that much Mm -hmm. and so you know you don't have to be perfect all the time it's going to take times where you're like oh I really overate on that but (laughs) you learn for the next time yes it all plays a part. My like weakness is mangoes. I 
love mangoes. I grew up in mangoes. But I learned that when I eat mango, like super ripe mangoes, my stomach hurts so bad. It's I, I think it's just like the mm. fructose in it that just doesn't not sit well mm-hmm. with me very well. But I still eat it at times from time to time because I just freaking love mangoes. Like I love mangoes. Like why are you doing this? <laughs> <laughs> and every time you get sick. Yeah, every time I get sick. Oh my God. I can probably it's do like, like that's little like alcohol. Piece. That's like alcohol <laughs> with a lot of people. I'm never drinking again. And then like you're like, no, no. That's my I'm alcohol. Two days later. <laughs> yeah. Well, Fairlane's alcohol. That is so funny. Is mango. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> so we talked about this a little bit earlier, but just a reminder of NEAT and how important NEAT is um, in your daily life, especially if you have a sedentary life. Um, do y'all have any kind of comments on that or things that you work on your clients or kind of teach your clients in terms of um, how NEAT is important in their journey in their life in general I always say you know even if like take one of us for example we if we do like a 45 minute workout but then we sit for the entire day and we don't get up and move and nothing we're still considered sedentary Mm -hmm. um that's that's only 45 minutes out of your whole you know 24 hours or minus whatever for your sleep but in order to be like moderately active or or active in some way, you have to be moving throughout the day. It's you're you're constantly burning calories. I think that a lot of people don't realize you burn more calories throughout the day than you would do in a forty five minute workout. So, what you do with the rest of that majority of your day counts just as much, if not a little more, depending on what you're referring to. Um, in your overall health. Agreed. I realize we've been saying the word NEAT a lot. NEAT stands for non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Uh, Sorry, we sometimes just throw around words and forget that they're acronyms. Um, But it's basically any movement that is not intentional exercise. So sorry about that. You can rewind and go listen to those topics now that you (laughs) understand what it means. I think this is um, a really good example when um, when I was doing fitness full time and not in a you know not in like a desk job anymore. Like I actually like my not metabolic, but I ate <laughs> way more food during those that period of time where I'm doing fitness full time, where I'm like like I'm coaching from like you know five o'clock in the morning all the way till like five o'clock in the afternoon and I'm go 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 and like I was already obviously in a good you know a fit physique at that point but I never like really realized how much more food I ate in that time period compared to when I was just doing a desk job and then working out one hour a day because it was just the my my neat was like tremendous like crazy of um you know just moving every single day and and you know how you always have that check box is like what's your life lifestyle like are you sedentary are you active you know extreme and a lot of people always automatically think that they're extreme or at least like in that like middle ground if if you're working out three times four times a week but like are you really moving though you know what I mean and that's what um, you know what you said Steph was like a really good point is like what you do in the entire day counts 
maybe just as much, maybe even more compared to that 45 an hour workout that you do. Yeah. And it's going to affect like as far as this pro- pro- program goes, it's going to affect like your the macros and the calories yes. that you're given. Yeah. If you only, mm-hmm. you know, you work out for an hour a day, but you're getting 2000 steps for the whole day, like that is going to affect your calorie intake. And that's a good segue because kind of the way that I wanted to end this is just with that reminder of, you know, 60 to 75 percent of the calories you burn in a day are solely just from your body doing its body things. It's all the systems running, keeping you alive. Um, Your BMR is a very, which is basal metabolic rate, is your a large, large chunk of what you burn. And so I'm sure everyone's heard the the phrase, you can't out gym poor nutrition. I think that's what yeah, it is. Yeah. But um <laughs> something like that. I'm like, is that right? <laughs> that doesn't sound right. Um but exactly what Steph said of <clears throat> like your workout is a it is important, but if the rest of your day is not being prioritized also and your tr- nutrition isn't aligning with mm-hmm. that, you're you're going to go nowhere on your progress. Um, and that's a tough pill to swallow. But, you know, your Fitbit or your Apple Watch <laughs> is telling you you're burning 1,200 calories in an hour workout. Um, <laughs> yes. Probably not, not sure, even sure. close to being accurate. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I have Sorry, no idea Apple, how many calories that I burn in a workout. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea how many calories I burn, nor do I care. Exactly. But yep. you, you really can't, you will not know how many calories you burn unless you are like no. hooked up yep. in an exercise lab <laughs> to a yeah. VO2 and uh, and CO2 mass. <laughs> but um, yeah. Let go of the numbers. I just, I, re- <laughs> I know. I remember a gym that is well known. Um, in college, I was talking to someone. They're like, "You're gonna burn 800 to 1,000 calories workout," and I was like, "That sounds amazing." <laughs> yeah. And now I look back and I'm like, "What a liar!" Yeah. You're just full and like of the it. fact like, that some companies advertise 45 minute workout burn 500 600 calories. I was like, <sighs> "Yeah, <laughs> yes. but that's the yes. selling point." And I know yeah. it is. It's all marketing. Yeah. Yeah, there's good peop- good marketers out there that'll really get you. <laughs> well, thank y'all for coming on. Um, we hope y'all enjoyed this episode for, you know, figuring out that even if you work a desk job, you can still reach your goals. Um, we're all there with you. Uh, so that is it for this one. And then join us next time for our finale episode. And it's going to be um, me again, Coach Kristen, with Coach Harley and Coach Morgan. Thank you, Steph and Fairline. And we will talk to you later. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.